We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. We've had quite an odd day. <laughs> yeah, we have. We were shooting an episode of television where actually you can tell by the sound we are in another hotel room. Welcome back to the travels while yes. we're traveling, the podcast yes. while we're traveling. This is episode, what, four of the six new ones we're shooting for season five? Yes. So uh, this is episode yes. four, and uh, you've uh-huh. already saw the, seen the postings. Thank you. For, you guys have bombarded us with questions as a result. It's awesome. I'm astounded. It's the uh, Genesis G70, the Alpha Julia, the base, and the uh, the brand new BMW 3 Series. It's a very cool piece. And yeah. It's much more interesting, honestly, than I was even expecting. Well, it, it's going to be harder to it's decide. It's going to be very hard. Than, be very hard yes. than we ever thought, to be honest. I think we were expecting a clear standout winner, and it is going to be. There's that. I, well, I can't go any further. Look, but it's going to be have, pretty fascinating. I have preconceived notions with every shoot. It's sure. it's hard to not. You you, you think you kind of know how it's going to go? I get that. Yeah, yeah, and, for sure. And for I'm sure. always open to being to having my mind changed and, and coming in and and yeah, just thinking, wow, I mm-hmm, never mm-hmm. saw that coming. That feeling sure, or that, yeah, yeah. whatever that is. Good or bad, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm open to that, and I'm, I kind of like the surprise aspect of it. I see that, yeah. And so for that yeah, yeah. reason, I'm, I'm actually really excited. I'm, we have not done our interviews in the nope. cars yet. We have nope. not put down our commentary yet. We've just spent the day driving and getting used to these cars. Shot a lot of stuff and, today, uh, yeah. It's, it's going to be great. So, yeah, guys, thank you for joining us. Welcome back to the podcast. It's a little bit echoey, but uh, we're traveling, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. and we've got a great couple of debates for you. We've got Greg in Charlotte, North Carolina, who is consolidating down two excellent cars, consolidating, hopefully, mm-hmm. to one fun car. And then after the break, we're going to talk to Andrew in Davis, California. He wants a Fiesta ST, he says, for a 50-year-old, highly educated lawyer. <laughs> I and like the this discussion story. is I like this actually story. about fun cars and enthusiast cars yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. don't match up with your age. Yeah. This is the discussion. So we will touch on that that along with the mountain of questions on all those. Tons of questions on all kinds of things. So this is incredible, and uh, you've buried us. But you know what? It's a good thing. Absolutely. I I love the diversity of questions. I love seeing what everybody's thinking about, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. So we've got a little bit of show business up front to discuss before we dive into the debates right now. Well, we actually have one thing for, we should uh, we should talk about right away because well, you may not have heard about this, or if you may have heard about it, it is actually a real thing now. If you look on the website right now, there is a brand new banner on the website, everydaydriver.com. There's a new banner for our 400th podcast. Hmm. 400 podcasts 400. is crazy. We started in July 2014, yeah. right around July 4th, I think. It, uh, 2014, just, just after, yeah. And we started out doing one podcast a week, if you can believe it. One podcast, half hour. Half hour Things thinking, a bit. thinking we'll never fill a half hour. Yeah. And here we're, you know, cutting yeah. ourselves off, going, stop. Yeah, our last two or three somewhere. podcasts have been well over an hour. So, yeah, clearly we can talk. And, uh, and then year two, two and a half, somewhere in there, we switched to twice weekly. And so mm-hmm. here we are, podcast 400. I'm, I'm it's shocked. crazy. It's crazy. So, we're doing a live celebration, if you haven't heard already. It is one night only. That is May 15th in downtown Salt Lake City. It's a place called Bruvy's Cinema Pub. You can go to our website. You can follow the link. You can look at all the information about Bruvies. It's going to be very cool. We're going to do a live podcast. Hopefully, if we get all the tech together, with a simultaneous live stream. We're going to be recording the podcast, okay, the 400 the tech, that night. Right. 
Yeah, the tech side. We gotta figure We're that also out. going to do the world premiere of episode one of season five is going to screen that night. <coughs> I have to get it finished. So, uh, that, that's a little bit of pressure, but but that's good. I need to get it finished anyway. So that's going to happen that night as well. It's going to be a really fun night. Lots of questions from the audience. We may pull a card debate from the audience. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have giveaways, all kinds of things. I'm mentioning all of this to you to say you would please help us by actually registering for the event. All the links are there on the website. There is no charge for this. We are accepting donations because, of course, to get the, the venue, we have to pay money to rent the venue. Yeah, right. We would appreciate your help on that, but please, if you just want to come, don't feel obligated. If you can help it, help us, we would love it. We are very excited to see everybody that wants to show up on the 15th. Uh, you're more than welcome, and we hope to see you there. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, there are a few other things here. Season 4 is on Amazon Prime and yeah, Vimeo, so and if you have well. not caught that Thank yet... You. We'd love for you to see that. We're sharing the uh, the season as we're ramping up for season five. Crazy. I, I mean, I'll be honest. We're actually talking about specific episodes for season six. We have we have half crazy. We have half of season it's, six planned I already. I know. It's, it's that's what's really nuts. <laughs> season six will probably be at least six, maybe seven episodes, and we have half of them planned already. I mean, that's that dominates our lunch discussions and of course dinner it discussions does. while we're shooting. Of course so it we're, does. We're talking. You know, we've got the five planned out. We just mm-hmm. have to execute. We've got the dates on the calendar. It's, it's madness. And six is where our heads are at. Which is well, crazy. the reason that happens is because we end up trying to we end up thinking about all these cars we want to put on camera and comparisons we want to share with you guys and, and drives we want to do and all that kind of stuff. And then we start realizing, oh wait, that car is not available yet. Oh, that won't be available for six months. Okay, yeah, we'll right. put that over here. Right. So that starts just pushing stuff out that we know we can't do right away, and all of a sudden, half of the next season is planned. We aren't even finished shooting the current <laughs> one. Please don't get me wrong. It's fantastic. We love it. It's just very funny sometimes how simultaneously we live in the moment, like we were today driving these cars, Yeah. and yeah. six months from now, planning actual shoot days for something where there isn't even a car available yet. It's fascinating that we live in both those well, worlds in the same yeah, way, but we have to. The cars not only are not available, but they haven't actually reached dealerships or press yeah. fleets oh, or yeah. for sale to the public. Exactly. We're thinking, well, we hope that car comes out so we can actually include it in season yeah. six. And it's if it very, doesn't, it's very funny. we'll have to do something different. So what's our backup? Yeah, seriously. It's, that's that's how it goes on. But, I mean, all of this is awesome. And thank you guys for listening and for sharing this podcast. You guys sharing the podcast and rating it is the reason that it grows. It's the reason that it yeah. is a top yeah. ten automotive podcast. We are still floored by that. We thank you guys for your support. And lots of discussion continues on our Discord chat room that is uh, open to all of our patrons. You guys are awesome for all of that. Keep in mind, our last topic Tuesday, which has gotten a lot of response, the what is a sports car. That, <laughs> I, that's going to be something that's going to happen for, for months now. Yes, that, many that of you have spawned from a Discord uh, for, forum discussion, and obviously it has continued on there since. Many of you have asked comments about it. Some of those I'll get to. Uh, it's it's going to be a party, for sure. Yeah, no kidding. All right, quick uh, note to our sponsors, note about our sponsors. Yes. Covercraft and Griot's Garage, thanks to both of these companies that treat us like their families. Absolutely do. And so if you've got a, uh, a car cover need, I will say Covercraft is now in a spring sale event through June 16th, 2019. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I did confirm, so you can use the code every day for both Griot's Mm-hmm. And Covercraft, mm-hmm. they'll give you 10% off, but Covercraft is having their sale, their spring sale, so you can get 20% off, so you can double dip, use, that's awesome. use both. So that's really it's, cool. Uh, it's pretty nice, and we did confirm that with them, and they do encourage that. So please use the code every day when you're ordering from both companies, because it's trackable for them, mm-hmm. for their mm-hmm. analytics, and they can see that you know you, you have listened to the podcast, and you know, you're coming from the podcast to the website. So please use that, and uh, yeah, thanks to both those companies. 
And then, yeah, please rate and review. We are seeing more ratings on Season 4 for Amazon, so please rate and review yeah. on there, which is great. And, uh, yeah, appreciate it. But we've got a, a debate. We've got two <laughs> debates to dive into. So we can leave room for a lot of questions at the end here. Mm-hmm. First off is Greg M. in Charlotte, North Carolina. He is consolidating two cars into one. And he says... Let me explain. Because <laughs> he knows that's not the direction we normally take people. Normally it's the other way around. But it, okay. Pr- you know, proliferating the car collection usually. <laughs> However, he says he started walking to work a couple years ago. Okay. So all of his driving these days is all enthusiastic. All fun, enthusiast driving. I love that. Which is crazy. He says, not a bad problem to have, I know. His current cars, get this, 04 Honda S2000 in stock form with 40,000 miles. That car's so 15 much, years old. Pretty much a perfect S2000. Perfect, a, yeah, AP2. But keep uh, in mind, that car is 15 years old now. Think about that. That's amazing. It does me. not seem like it, but it no, is. No, yeah. it doesn't. The other car is a year 2000 BMW 328i with 110,000 miles. Hmm. He's added a VT Engineering Supercharger, so that is the Vortec kit. And he says the family car is the 2005 Acura MDX. So, Family really, car is not being affected. Yeah, that it's, that is it's, staying. It's his two cars are now supposed to be one. Yeah, <laughs> I I mean this is actually the garage that we get you to aspire to owning. You would think. And Greg, you, you would have think. this, yes. which is crazy. But he says I'm only putting about three thousand miles per year on each car, and he's looking to consolidate. So here's the dilemma. Mm-hmm. He wants a convertible because they're living in Charlotte and doing the majority of driving in and around the Blue Ridge Mountains. Yeah. Okay. He only autocrosses one or two times a year, and he says, I never do big track in his own cars. And he says, I generally hate the look of soft-top convertibles. Isn't that interesting? <clears throat> By the way, that's the reason Porsche went to magnesium roof panels in the 911, so it would keep the, <laughs> the overall crisp shape, yet it's convertible. Yeah, that's okay. why they actually did that. Right. So just, you know, thought you might like to Okay. That. But he's looking for a hard-top convertible. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Options he's currently considering, BMW Z4 35iS or a Mercedes SLK. He said, not really, but he's he's naming hardtop convertibles, essentially, yeah. which are very few on the market. And he said, I prefer German styling interiors compared to the Japanese ones. His brother has a BMW 335iS, which is a car we've recommended often. Yes. It's a bit of a unicorn. Yes. They are kind of hard to find, but when you do... You hang on to it, yeah, because they're awesome. But from his perspective, it, it might be it might be a little big. He'd like something a little smaller, more nimble. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, that that convertible thing keeps kind of like existing as a splinter in his brain. He'd really like to have that hardtop convertible, dedicated sports car. And because Greg's whole life is set up now that he can just drive a car for fun, that's so, amazing. So let's Greg. let's buy that's a car amazing. for fun. All right, he says my dream cars would be the M2 and the Boxster S, if only they made hardtop convertible versions. And there are hardtops you can get for the Boxster, which definitely fills that need. Mm -hmm. So that is an option. I love that you suggested it. I love the M2, and you're probably getting an idea of his budget. And he says, top end, after selling both cars, he could get about 30K, add 10 grand to that. And he said, pushing it to 45 at the very top end. Mm -hmm. Sure. We'll stop at 45. Sure. Yeah, sure you will. <laughs> I, do, I do like the... He the, said that's firm, so all right, yeah. I'll respect that. That's funny. I do like the fact that you brought up the, uh, the Boxster. You can get hard tops for those. I mean, we, in our uh, episode three of this last season, uh, season four, we did a, a cheap uh, sports cars discussion, and um, one of those was a first-gen Boxster. Mm-hmm, and that first-gen mm-hmm. Boxster had a hard top, and I was shocked at how... That hard top felt normal 
on that car. It had really good yeah. visibility. Yeah. And I mean, it's 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 not look. It's not the best look. And of course, you bought a convertible, but that is an interesting option here, to actually chase the Boxster if he wants one. I hadn't actually thought about that till you brought it up. And he could just get the factory hardtop. Well, it struck me from our ten thousand yeah. dollar cars, mm -hmm. you know, cheap sports cars episode. Yeah. The owner who we found had that hardtop yeah. on his early Boxster, nine eight six Boxster, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. And we both kept looking at it, thinking that looks awesome. Yeah. The the back window is actually it changes the character of the car, so. The B pillar looks different, yeah, and so it looks like a different yeah, little car. For sure, car. it was cool. It was very cool. Yeah, it's a good option. All right, so I like that. Hopefully, you've got a chance to drive both those cars, Greg. And you know, I I think maybe I'm hearing, reading between the lines in your email that there's there's a little bit of wiggle room here as far as if it's not perfect, if it doesn't land on okay, it's a hard top convertible. Maybe if it is. Just a convertible mm. it might be okay because I think I, he'd entertain it. Yeah, I, I have a thought for you to entertain. Good, it, Greg. I have Good. this this thought in in my head. It's it's now deep after doing a lot of searching mm -hmm. and finding many of them well within your budget. Oh, good. Okay, and I good. think you're going to be surprised because it is it is neither German or Japanese. Ooh, interesting. It is the Jaguar F type. Okay, screaming sure. Screaming at me. Sure. Now, yeah, okay. I have not ever seen a hardtop on that car. On the convertible. Yeah, either it's the yeah. Because you'd just get the coupe. Why wouldn't yeah. you get the coupe? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I prefer that, but I get it. You want to cruise through the mountains and and have that. Interesting. But Somebody probably makes one. I haven't looked it up, but yeah. I'm wondering about that, but if you've got the convertible and you're not tracking it, I think it's among the best of both worlds. Hmm. For that budget, for that price point, it's Hey, it, we can get after it. It's got some sure, sporting intentions absolutely. Yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you can also sure. cruise, and it's got a lot of comfort to it as well, mm, I would say. It's mm. got a lot of just cruising GT style. Absolutely, and yeah. I think it does both of those really well. Of course, 991s, like I mentioned, the magnesium roof panels embedded within the two, the fabric uh -huh. and the cloth. Yeah. And it's keeps the hard shape, and yeah, I, I'd love to recommend those, but they're not 45, so... Jaguar F-Type. I'm finding a lot. I started off finding a 2015 F-Type two-door coupe. Well, obviously coupe, but uh, I, I'm finding other convertibles here, and there's a lot for sale. It's almost like people experienced them and thought, all right, you know, they, for whatever reason, they're giving them up. But yeah, yeah. I think this is now the sweet spot for, for F-Types. Um, Interesting. That's where my headspace is okay. at. All I right. realize it's not a hardtop convertible, and... If you're dead set on that, I mean, your your choices are limited. They're very limited. If you just go convertibles, because mm -hmm. we could go back to E93s, the hardtop M3, something like that. Sure, okay. You easily All right. find an E90 M3, yeah. E93, excuse me. I know what you meant. That arena. Mean, yeah. that, that generation. I see that. But I want you to have something newer, unless you could find a pristine E93. Well, and that's the same size now as his brother's 335 IS. Yeah, that that's feels true. A little and it's big, then we have Yeah, exactly. So that may be an issue. I mean, granted, you got a different engine in there, but that's yeah, an interesting point. Still. I, I actually really like the fact that you brought up the Z4 here, Greg. I think that is a very viable option. If you like the BMWs, I think you definitely... If you haven't driven that already, please do. I think you're going to find that more satisfying to drive than the Mercedes SLK. Uh, I think it will also be a better match for you than the 335 IS if that feels big to you. I have two, they're not really wild cards, but I think they fit. I, they're almost like drive homework. And then I think I may have your car. Okay. Uh, so I have three things to list. The, the, the key thing that I thought about is, 
you don't like the look or the realities of a traditional convertible. So I thought, all right, let's throw that out. Let's find cars that solve the convertible look problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have three, all okay. in your budget. Okay. You need to drive the Lotus Elise because you are a guy that is only buying a car for fun. It is. I mean, he's, so he Lotus does Elise, add the comfort part into his email, which it's, is but he's driving, nowhere close to You're that. right. You're driving 3,000 miles a year total, and it's all for fun. Okay. So, okay. Look, so at least drive the Lotus Elise. I think that may be because of the, those things he said. I think it may be too hardcore, which leads me here. You can find an Alpha 4 Sea Spider for forty-five dollars to $47,000. And now the Alpha 4 C Spider. Now that's interesting. That's the flavor of that car, I think. I think that's the right flavor of that car, anyway. Yeah. I and mean, that's a car that is. Let's talk about the, the lack of track aptitude in that car. In its stock form, yes. Supposedly there's a, a stock but in, car. But, and... but in Spider form, as a car you drive at seven or eight tenths, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. So Alpha 4 C Spider is right at the upper edge of that's your budget. They are out there. And mm-hmm. then. You would like a boxer, but it's not a full hard top, and that got me thinking Porsche, and I landed here, also in your budget. It might be the car for you. Okay. When you start talking about you'd like some luxury and these kind of things, why not buy yourself a 997-911? That is the 05 to 2012, but get a Targa. That's the Targa mm. with the big sliding roof panel that it's, also doubles yeah. as a hatch. That's a lot of open space there. It's not look. It's not a convertible. I know it isn't, but you've solved your soft top convertible problem. In look, you have this huge panel that folds back. You have your windows down. It's going to feel like a convertible, but you don't have your convertible issues, mm-hmm. which is why mm-hmm. I also like the Elise and the Four C. But I think it may be a better match for your desire to have something that feels more chuckable than that three thirty five IS, and has some luxury feel about it. What about a Targa, 997 Targa 911? I'm all for it if he can find a nice one in that budget. I think that's... And those Targas were unicorns in they that were. era. They were. They, they, yeah, the, the roof was made by Wabasto, which is a German supplier. Mm-hmm. And I liked the concept, and I also like the look of the C-pillar, because mm-hmm. it comes to a sharp point on that car, which it changes it, it very does. much so. Instead of curling back into the shoulder and, and having a you know a nice, mm-hmm. you know very smooth arc, it, it actually just ends abruptly, and it, yep. it looks cool on that car. And then you've got double glass panels. It's a glass panel that slides inside the back window. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's and that very back different. window can be used like a hatch. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. It's open a very that, yeah. unique 911 that I'm actually a big fan of. So I think look at yourself a Targa 911. I have one in front of me here, 2007 911 Targa uh, four all-wheel drive. Now that's not the 4S, but I think you'd still love that car. Forty-one thousand dollars with sixty-six thousand miles. Uh, manual or auto? Uh, you know what? For that money, let's see right here. Uh, it is a manual. I'm. Surprised. It is. It is a manual. There you go. Yeah, that's even rarer. That's pretty cool. I like that a lot. So I think that might be Ooh. your car, but I'd love for you to drive the other two while you're at it, Greg. Okay, Greg, apparently 911s are within your budget, which is nice to hear. And for those of you who are <laughs> screaming at us right now about Miata RFs, we hear you. We have thought about this. Mm-hmm. Greg has indicated he leans more towards the German styling and mm-hmm. German cars, and mm-hmm. the RF is actually made for what you've written for. Mm-hmm. It's small, it's very nimble, it does have a little tiny bit of GT personality, which yeah, is cool, Yeah. but I don't think it's right in this situation. 
I mean, look, you're driving stuff. It's worth driving. I think you'd like it. Let me put it this way. I think that RF would be a much better match than the Mercedes SLK. I agree to that. I but agree with that. What are you driving? SLK, what are you, I, yeah. Where are you willing to branch out? That would be the interesting yeah. part of that for sure. I'm actually curious to see what Mercedes does with the small one. It's no longer the SLK. It's, mm -hmm. it's changed. and Yeah, the, the, uh, the current one for sale on the website has been there for 10 years or something like that. I mean, they've just... I'm curious to see what they actually do with the smaller one. Mm, mm. You know, the SL will keep being its SL of course, self. Of course, and, yes. You know, appealing to, you know, the, that clientele. The, yes. The clientele takes it golfing on Sundays, and that's about it. And yeah, but I'm sure golf bags fit in the back well. So I'd that's good love too. Mercedes to turn that into, you know, make the like the CLA and GLA mm. 45 AMGs. And I mean, I know they do. They had the yeah, yeah. the SLK 55, but make it. Not quite so heavy. Make it more nimble. Make it more. Yeah, there's, there'd be an interesting twist for Mercedes to pull car, off. Like that. Light, it would be cool. Yeah. Kind of things yeah. leads us back to the. We we can never say sports car ever again after having this discussion or continuing well, to have it's, it. Well, it's going to keep. It's going it, to keep going. The, I mean, the lines you know. will continue to blur. I think, and and it's because new cars keep getting introduced that you think, okay, that's got to be added. Or you think of some other car that, yeah, that's probably in the category, too. Well, but when we, you and I had that conversation, we're back there again. When you and I had that conversation I on Tuesday, it was much about what's, every the time we say it. what's the definition, but yet just because mm -hmm. there's a definition, there's a ton of stuff. There, it's that whole joke about, you know, what's the exception that proves the rule. There's a ton of that in all of, of these course, cars. There's of all course. the blurring, blurring of the lines and all that. So we'll get... I'm sure we'll continue to talk about that just as much as we talk about white paint on cars. That will just keep being the thing people <laughs> ask us the, about, that and that's thing, fine. Yeah. So, Greg, hopefully we've helped you with something and given you some good drive homework. You can let us know uh, what you find. I hope you find something awesome. I, you've got a real opportunity here to get something, I think, unexpected and really special, so I hope you find that. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're often asked how we find the cars we recommend because we do a lot of research for the show. Local or nationwide, our searches start with our friends at Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car site separately, you can enter your parameters into Auto Tempest one time and search them all at once. You can see results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more, or you can jump to AutoTrader and CarGurus without entering anything new. You can even search all of Craigslist nationwide. You know how hard it is to search Craigslist all at once? You can with Auto Tempest. Auto Tempest can help you find your next new or used car if there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the entire country. Plus, the folks at Auto Tempest actually do listen to this very podcast right along with you, and they're always looking for ways to refine the site to make it better. They already have research tools, buyer and seller guides, and are listening to what features users want. So if we give you drive homework or you're chasing your dream car or you're just looking to feed the disease, autotempest.com is the place to start. Heck, I was honored an hour ago. Andrew in Davis, California, writes to us with the... The outgrowing, or the, the thought of, am I outgrowing the fun sports mm -hmm. cars? Does nobody make something for me or my mm -hmm. inner child? Yeah. Hey, Andrew, we talk about this constantly. Todd has his FRS stories. When he mm -hmm. got pulled over by the cop who was, yeah. what, I mean, 18, 20 years younger than you? Probably, yeah. And, uh, hey, it happens. And I've tried to justify Civic Type R's. Here's the story. Andrew is about to turn 50. Mm-hmm. He and his wife have two Prii appliances, as yes, we call them. They're in Davis, California, and uh, they apparently have a lot of Prii in, yes. in town. It's the official car in Davis, California. Yeah. <laughs> he wants a GTI DSG. His wife 
Can't drive manual transmission, doesn't want one, so he seems with the limited slip differential seems to be the right choice, but it'll cost 10 grand more than a slightly older Fiesta ST. Yeah. But will he look like an idiot driving a Fiesta ST? He says, at some point as we age, do enthusiast cars have to come off the list to avoid looking like the equivalent of, you know, older women who wear too much makeup and shorts, short skirts and... That's his analogy for sure, yeah. He, that's he's, what he he's says saying, here. Yeah, that's the way he's put it. He's essentially saying, am I too old for Fiesta ST? <sighs> I, love this, I love this question, by the way, Andrew. I really do like it. I, the, the, the biggest question I want to ask you, because you have to ask yourself this question, do you care? Do you care? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and your wife notwithstanding, because obviously it's a conversation with your wife and, and you know, she who must be obeyed, she who must be happy. That's the big thing. Happy wife, happy happy life. That's the big thing. So make sure that she's on board. Even and, and, and when I say if she's on board, Andrew, if she's shaking your her head at you, just kind of, oh, Andrew's doing this. That's actually still okay. That's that's still okay. It, right, what you don't right. want is you bring home the Fiesta ST and she and she's actually angry about it. Don't go there. That's that's the room full of rakes. If you thing. hear, if you hear, fine. <laughs> You're screwed, buddy. Run. <laughs> but, but no, seriously, I, I think you have to ask yourself, do you care? Because, you know, th- th- this is a conversation I have about having the Lotus. Is, you know, the, the, I pull up in the Lotus and people assume whatever they assume about me and the car. For the, I don't care. I don't care. Look at my hair. I clearly don't care, okay? So, so the, the point is here, you have to figure out if you're concerned about what other people think of you or not. And the, the analogy you're using of the older woman in the short skirt, she probably doesn't care either. Okay? So you have to ask that question. Yeah. If you were, if you yeah. were having to present yourself professionally in a certain environment, maybe we are concerned about it. But sure. if this is your car to drive for fun... I, I challenge you to say, who cares what people think? I want to I unpack the Fiesta ST specifically for you, but I'm asking the broader question about, does it matter if you're enjoying the car? This is an interesting question, Andrew, and it thanks is. for writing, because I think all of us, whether we've thought this through or not, it's, it's coming at all of us. I mean, we, you know, we're, mm-hmm. everybody's aging. Yes, of course. So... I hope this never happens. I hope we never get to this point in all of our car enthusiasm and all of our, you know, the the disease that we share. I mm-hmm. hope none of us are limiting ourselves because of that Agreed. car we want to own. I mean, we we can make analogies. We male or female. We've we've seen People in airports dressed in different ways. You know, people watching is great. And you think, wow, you know, the style on that guy, like, well done. Or, ah, he doesn't dress his age for good or bad. You know, and you see all kinds of people like that. You you know, we make quick snap judgments and that kind of thing. But when it comes to cars, I think if you're driving something hot and fun and people find out it's yours, their their heads would turn like, Quirk, what? That's kind of cool. I... Wait, there's this side to you? There, there's mm-hmm. this fun, cool, you don't care, and you just want drive. Explain this. Yeah. Where did this come from? Who, who are you? Possibly. Possibly. I, I think it might actually be a good thing. And, you know, I just, yeah, anything that keeps us fresh and... and Meanwhile... Yeah, I'm, I'm all about the future. Yeah. I am. Meanwhile, some friends will walk away and be like, well, he's having a midlife crisis. Who cares? Who cares? Because yeah, if you're having care. fun, and I've said this before, if, if you've never owned a fun car and you buy your fun car at 40, 50, 60, 
doesn't Yes, matter. you're going to get the midlife crisis discussion, but I submit to you, you only get the midlife crisis discussion if you buy that fun car and you get rid of it in two years and you never buy another one. If that fun car is the first of the rest of your life of buying fun cars until mm-hmm. you're too old to drive, whatever that age is, because they pull you out of the car because mm-hmm. you can't see. If you're constantly buying fun cars for the rest of your life, it's not a midlife crisis. You've gotten to the place in your life where you said, I'm going to buy fun cars. And suddenly people realize when you're a couple cars in and, a, and 10 years in, they're like, no, no, he just likes cars. Yes, yes. It's that, it's that guy that buys the, the weird sports car and he's never owned anything like it and he has it two years and he realizes this isn't really me. That's the midlife crisis car. But, but back, to, back to your question on the, on the Fiesta ST specifically, Andrew, that is kind of a stealth enthusiast car. Now, not in the color I would get it. Not in the Skittles <laughs> orange or the, the crazy lime green or the colors that I would get it in. Something battery powered, But yes. if you see one in black, I think nine times out of ten, people are just going to think, that's a small economical hatchback. An enthusiast will see a Fiesta ST. But you're in Davis, California, the land of the Prius. Mm-hmm. I bet you mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, people will just see a small economical hatchback if you buy one in black. I, I see. They're that. not going to yeah. think it's you bought something crazy fun. Oh, shows, oh, you got a new little new little car. Even the dark blue that it's offered in is possibly. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. I mean, I would get I would get a crazy bright skillless color. Don't do that. But if you don't if you don't do that, you just get a very subtle color. Most people are just going to think small economical hatch. And while it's not another Prius, most people aren't going to care. And then you get to hoon your way through your life. And it's the best of all worlds. I think it's pretty under the radar as far as enthusiast cars are concerned. Hmm. That's yeah. I could definitely see that, and I think that's why, you know, those cars, uh, they'll always be around. They'll always be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For enthusiast enthusiasts of all ages. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm thinking. I have a myriad of thoughts from the guys who trick out their Lamborghinis in Japan. They're not in their 20s and 30s, you know, with the crazy yeah, lights. Yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. You know, first Driver of all, you've got to be able to afford Lamborghinis, yeah, which yeah. is not everybody. But, you know, they're, they're older guys tricking them out, and they're just weird. And it's, it's a taste. It's a matter mm-hmm. of like, okay, that's what you're into. It has nothing to do with your age, mm-hmm. really. It's just kind of the thing you're into. Okay, it's part of car culture. Cool. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I, I, uh, I just I love the thought of all of us enthusiasts driving whatever you want because... Todd teases me about mood boards. He teases me about mm-hmm. the, the stuff I've experienced in car studios where the design team tries to pigeonhole who they're selling the car to. Yes, yes. Now, they envision whoever. Yeah. There's a lot of validity to that because sure. yeah, yeah. with any product, you have to figure out who is your market. Mm-hmm, You've got to mm-hmm. figure out, you know, who are we selling this to? How are we going to design this? Yeah, That's our yeah. primary market. But the the things outside of that world because how many times have you seen a person driving a car and you think oh they nailed you they saw you coming a mile away you're the perfect <laughs> yes. person for that yeah. car you are a foregone conclusion my yes. friend yes and how then, many times have we seen that totally name a car from people in their teens and 20s yeah. to people in their 70s yeah name a, a scion to an aston martin well I'll, Bring give, it. I'll give you the counterpoint the first bright red Base model, simple wheels, Fiat 500 I ever saw in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Picture that car, a Fiat 500, not the Abarth, just the Fiat 500 with the little base hubcaps and bright red and okay. all that and driving down the road in Salt Lake City. Okay. 
I have to be honest. I was close to the University of Utah, and I fully expected to get up the light. It was wintertime. Mm-hmm. And see a college-age girl in that car. That's what I fully expected to see. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. pulled up the light, middle of the winter. was a guy who probably had four inches and 100 pounds on me. He was enormous. You're kidding me. Wearing kidding me. the full Carhartt suit because he was going somewhere to work outside. And I thought, you are exactly the reverse of who I expected to be driving that car. Wow. I mean, I love when that happens. It belongs to his wife or something like that. But I saw it more than once. It was his car. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. So, I, but that was the first one I saw in Salt Lake City. I remember. I remember. Oh my gosh, the Fiat 500 with it. You're in that. So I love that too. I love when it completely turns on its head, and you're just like, that's the last person they were expecting for that car. Andrew, I've got another example for you, and it doesn't have anything to do with uh, age. Mm-hmm. It, it had everything to do with this was a designer who worked at Tesla, and his commute to work car was. A Fiat 500e. Interesting. And you think, well, who is the clientele? Who is the market for that car? Well, it's anybody that, you know, wanted a tiny little mm-hmm. electric commute car. And apparently, according to Sergio Marchione, when he was alive and he was talking about that car, he said they lost money on every one of yeah. those that they built. But they built it for certain perception reasons and, you know, all this stuff. Cafe stuff and all that kind all of stuff. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and he had uh, this designer friend has an Aston Martin that he autocrossed and broke the diff and had to source parts and then he commuted to work in a 500E and I'm thinking Fascinating. You what? What? Fascinating. You work okay. for Tesla. How come you're not? Maybe he's changed by now. Maybe he's got yeah, a Model yeah, 3. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah. but then this was a few years ago, 5 years ago, something like that. I love it. And I just thought, good on you, man. Like you just roll up the parking lot is not full of Teslas. It isn't. It's because they couldn't get them. The employees well, were lower down the list. Anyway, true. I mean, maybe it's thing, changed but yeah. now, but but people drive, you know, hot golf R's and yeah, know, all kinds sure, of stuff. Sure, sure. And you're thinking, wait, is that is that allowed? Can can we can we take our non-Tesla into the Tesla? Yes, you can. What yes. I hope for you, Andrew, is is go since you have the pre-i, go get something genuinely fun. I don't think that the GTI, while a very good car, is fun enough. I don't mm-hmm, think it's far mm-hmm. enough away from the Prius. And okay, I'm stopping right now. Hmm. Some of you are angry at me because you think I'm equating a GTI with a Prius. I'm not. But I'm just <laughs> I saying wasn't that. there's I an wasn't opportunity, that. Andrew, to go get something that is fun first, but you're concerned about perception. I think the I think a Fiesta ST does a good job of being a pretty stealth fun car. I do too. I say bring it. Well, that, uh, that means we've got to jump into questions on social media here, and I think that yep. is a nice segue into Garrett Johnson's question on Facebook. Okay who says and asks us, how do we keep ourselves interested in cars? Oh, yeah. Okay. I saw this one. He's been slowly losing interest for a while now, despite constant autocrosses and track days. Mm-hmm. Wow, Garrett. I, I didn't see this question coming, and I wanted to address this. But he drives, a, he drives a... Do you see what he drives? I haven't looked through... It's a Sonic. Turbocharged Chevy Sonic. Oh, yes. He's set up You're for track right. and autocross, and he's had a lot of fun with it. And I think... That and oh, I'm not, he's got a soft spot for 911s. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not making any kind of crack about his car because he clearly set it up for autocross and he's, he's written before and he does very well at autocross with that car. But I think the, the, the big thing here is it's time for something else. I agree. I agree. A fresh change is mm-hmm. always nice uh, for anything in, yeah. in any category of our lives. That's why we change stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, if mm-hmm. you're not happy about something, change something. Yeah. Hey, yeah. that. That applies to cars here, too. I, uh, I'll share with you my own experience, and I can genuinely say I've never gotten sick of cars. After Monterey weekend, I come away mind-blown thinking, 
I'll never turn my head again. Hey, there went a Ferrari. Uh huh. I'll never look at any more Porsche. Hey, look, a 911. Why am I looking at a 911? I just saw all these cars. (laughs) Yeah. But it had to do with appreciating them for the design and beauty. Mm -hmm. Putting driving aside. Yeah. Yeah. I just need to look at cars on a daily basis. This sounds really strange. Mm -hmm. But I just, I need to look at cars or... I look at furniture, I look at interior architecture, I look at all the cool things that interest me, photography, all this stuff, and it's a little bit of sorbet, and then I catch a car in a, in a garage in a photograph, and I'm right back looking at cars again. And, <laughs> you know, stuff that ties in, and there's so many aspects of car culture and car love that keep us going. Do you need to experience something else? Do you need to just experience... You know, a museum, or wrenching on your cars, or drag racing, or mm-hmm. what else in car culture that maybe you never realized you loved. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe it's suddenly I'm totally into off-roading, and <laughs> I never saw that coming, and I yeah. really love it, and it keeps me now into the car culture in a different way. Does Did those things need to be explored a little bit then? Because, of course, we love track driving, autocrossing, sure, but, you know, what if, what if some other aspect of the car culture... You surprised yourself because it was appealing to you. I agree. And I also think you should drive something that is the reverse of what you've had. You have a finely tuned, really dialed in, small front wheel drive turbo hatch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So go completely away from that. S class for you. And even if you don't, even if you don't buy, you have the opportunity. I don't know where you live. You have the opportunity maybe to turo a couple of things and mm-hmm, just try mm-hmm. things out. I think it is that new experience. I mean, it, it, I'm going to put it into a not great analogy, but imagine if you watched your favorite movie every week, once a week for a year. You'd be, and that was your favorite movie. You would be kind of like, you know what? I'm kind of done watching movies. But you're not. You're just kind of done with yeah. that movie. And it's a great movie, but you're kind of done with that. Let's go see something totally different right, and right. see if you're just excited again. I think that's the possibility here. I mean, I, I equate it to food. Do you ever get sick of food and just sick of eating because you eat the same things? We all have the same yeah. things. We, yeah, yeah. we like to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, mm-hmm. all, all that stuff. I get sick of food. I need variety. Mm-hmm. And it, it helps me to, you know, I'm, I'm hanging out with other friends and they yeah. eat... Yeah. You know, whatever. And maybe I, I know that I don't like that, but I'm willing to try mm-hmm. something else. Like, okay, let's go out for sushi, and all right, I'll try the octopus this time. Okay, I, maybe. It's an extreme example, but I keep coming back to the, what What do the top chefs eat when they go mm-hmm. home? Do they order Domino's? Like, <laughs> they drive to McDonald's on the way is home. Is it just peanut butter and jelly? <laughs> is it just some cheese and raisins and chocolate chips That's when you funny. get home? That's and, very funny. Plop down in front of the TV, or do you cook for yourself? Some do, some don't. By the way, if you don't know already, Paul is a secret foodie among everything else. If you happen to be at a restaurant and Paul is thoroughly enjoying himself, you will feel like you have ordered it properly because he is having so much fun over there with whatever he's eating. Because you're just kind of like, I'm not flaky white fish. I'm not enjoying my food nearly that much. It's yeah, it's very funny. Yeah, the secret foodie. Uh, Wheelman GT said, "Do we plan on reviewing any auto cycles? You mean those three wheelers?" You know, we we had, drove the Vanderhall. We did right? drive the, one of the first Vanderhalls they right, ever the seventy thousand dollar Vanderhall. Yes. We drove that one. Uh, the, hmm. we, we were hard on it. This we is a this is a nowhere class of vehicle. It's not quite a motorcycle and it's not quite a car. My problem with a lot of the auto cycle concept is 
I think they cost too much for not giving you enough. I, I am always struggling with the reality of the, of the other things I could get for the same money that are an actual car. <laughs> That's always my struggle. I, I don't think there's a big mm-hmm, review mm-hmm. Of, of those coming because they are, honestly, honestly, I would say that these three-wheel auto cycles are even more toys than motorcycles are. I agree to that. I agree. I think they I are, do, they are yeah. the kind of thing you have just to cruise. This is why you can rent them in Vegas. You can get pick your Polaris color that you'd like to rent yeah, in Vegas. Yeah, slingshots, yeah. Right. And, and right. the Vanderhall is making a business out of rentals mainly. They're, you go to places yeah. that are sunny that you can just drive along and cruise and enjoy this car you would never own otherwise. I, I just don't see that as being high on our list. Plus, I'll, I'll turn it around another way. I can't imagine doing a TV episode on that because I don't think it gets very watched. I hate to say it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. There's a question from Jake Anthony Nye on Facebook. Who is the V6 badge on the back of a VW Atlas for? My sister. If she were to own one, she would get the V6 because she doesn't care about power. She doesn't care about... She cares about having family and friends over for dinner. Let's put it that way. And the truck is the the thing that she uses to go to all the specialty food stores and collect all the stuff and makes the Costco runs and then comes home and th- that's who it's for. And that's totally fine. <laughs> there, strangely enough, there are people who don't care about acceleration. <laughs> I know this is mind-blowing news. I realize that. There are people that don't care about acceleration. That's funny. They, they don't like care that. about hard cornering and, and yes, what is happening with their tires. That's Much true. like we're, we're slicing the onion thinly today and we're talking tires and yeah, wow, this and that. And, you know, that's, that's what we love. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. strangely enough, there's people who just want <laughs> to get just don't to care. the store and pick up the kids. And, that's very funny. That's damn. very funny. Uh, Nikita, Nikita Lotman asked a question that I actually came across this, this experience today, so I wanted to talk about this question. What are our thoughts on adaptive cruise control, lane-keeping assist, etc.? He's described them, actually, you think he described them really well as, Nikita described them as uh, mild self-driving technologies. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. To be honest, I generally find them annoying. Unscrew. Uh, yeah. I mean, throw away and, I, I and find, trash. I find all the places that I can turn them off. One of the things that I find interesting and, and like not quite ready, you can tell it's kind of first gen kind of tech about adaptive cruise control, is you, know, you can set your follow distance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And invariably, when we're in these press cars around Los Angeles, you can, I always try it out, of course, and I set my follow distance as close as possible. And even though I'm sure it's somebody's calculation with a lawyer standing over their shoulder for what the closest possible follow distance available is, I'm sure that's what it was done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Four cars in Los Angeles would fit between you and the car in front of you at any speed when you have it set as close as you can possibly get. It's just not nearly close enough for any major metropolitan areas uh, driving. So that's one problem. The other problem, and I encountered it today, these systems are looking out far enough ahead, but yet they aren't intelligent enough to look around corners. I had the cruise control on, on the, actually in the Genesis today, and as we went around a corner on the freeway, it saw the car in the lane beside me that was making the corner and thought it was in front of me, and it slowed me down. Mm. I was in the fast mm. lane. We were doing a left turn, and as I was doing a left turn, the car in the middle lane was far enough in front of me that now it is directly in front of my vision, but we're all turning left. The car started to freak out because it thought, that's a car in front of us, but it wasn't. So they're they're just not quite right, and I also think the longer that we that we rely on them, the less we're paying attention, and I think that's where it's bad. 
ties into a question from Michael Huberty over here. Did you okay. see that question? I didn't. Come on. It says, when teaching a new driver, is a car with no driver aids better than one that has too many? Mm. He feels a new driver should learn to drive in a manual with no driver aids I because agree. obviously it helps to better understand the dynamic of a car, mm-hmm. removes distractions, keeps them focused on all the stuff going on around them. He doesn't get a lot of support for this at home. I think... I'm bummed to hear that. Yeah, I am too. I I have multiple examples in my head, first off, about your son talking about phone etiquette. How do we all know phone etiquette? Mm, mm -hmm, And, and, you know, young kids are used to video calls. Mm -hmm. And so when you're just on an audio phone call and treating that like like you would a video phone call, the, the interactions, how do we know the salutations? Many, many examples. Photography classes. Why do you still learn developing chemicals and, and developing <laughs> film and going back to the basics? Why do why is clay still used in the design studio and you're and you're scraping mm-hmm, down to mm-hmm. the surface that you want before you go to the computer and do all the digital modeling that you'll sure. you'll may never go back to the clay. Actually, sure. it's, I think it'll never go away. You know, why do we sketch? It's the fastest way of getting your ideas down, mm, but you've mm. got to be able to do the fundamentals before you can even think about, yeah. you know, leaping yeah. forward. All those things. They're in, yeah. in every category, from filmmaking and acting and name some sort of, you know, the, the basics of food Learning preparation. And, the core items, yeah. You know, all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff before you can become an amazing chef and invent your own dishes and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. You've still got to understand growing vegetables and what to look for and all that hopefully, kind of stuff. It's, hopefully. It's all intertwined. Uh, it's yeah. very important. We've said it a ton of times. I fully believe that things like a manual transmission Mazda MX-5 Miata is a fantastic first car because list. it's yeah. not overly powerful. You have to learn the dynamics. Seeing how what I just did in the car, what I did affected what the car did with nobody standing in the middle going, oh, we'll, we'll clean that up for you, is really important for as cars get bigger and faster and all those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I. Stand strong, Michael. I mean, this is this is important. The basics. I think it's very helpful. Yeah. Any category, not just driving, are important before you can move on to something advanced. Anaswar wrote in on Facebook. He had a question that related to, and, and I don't, I don't think you asked this question before, but I'm related to one, and I'm sorry about the other person's question. I'm acknowledging, but I'm going to acknowledge two questions at once right now. He's asking. What is the appropriate etiquette if you're pulled over by a police officer? You and I have talked before about getting pulled over, and you and mm-hmm. I have also talked before, and this is where the other question comes in, about getting pulled over and getting a warning. Yes. And another question yes. a while back, and, and, and please, I didn't note it at the time, and I apologize, but it was a question that was essentially saying, and look, I'm going to call us out right now, Paul. You and I are middle-aged, middle-aged white guys. Okay? We are. And so as a result, there is a certain thing that happens when we get pulled over we are, look, I'll go this way. I am much more likely to get a warning right now at my current age than I would be the exact same guy at 25. You think so? Yes. I think I'm much more likely to get a warning now than at 25. So my hmm, point okay, here is, maybe, maybe. depending upon your age, your race, your color of skin, look, I'm not trying to be, be uh, political at all, but the truth is, these things change, and the situation, and also... The way you act when you get pulled over changes the situation immensely, immensely. Uh, I I think it's behavior, and and there's things that police are looking for. We've got a a policeman that uh, we want to have on the show. This is where we're going. Yes, we're going to have a conversation coming up soon that is talking with our local police officer in Park City about what are the best ways to just be 
when you are pulled over? Because we talk about pay to play. If you're pulled over, how does that go down? What is the mm -hmm. what is a police officer looking for? We're going to hear directly from a local police officer. We're looking forward to having that. So I wanted to acknowledge you, Answar, and also whoever asked that question a few weeks back uh, about you know how is it different depending on who you are. So we're going to try a bit of a political landmine. We're going to try to, to unpack that a bit with our. It friend. is. It is. We just yeah. I, I come back to. It depends on what what you've been doing in the car. It depends on how fast are you going. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter. Speed, you know, at some point, you're, you're getting a ticket. It doesn't matter. No, sorry. Oh, you're absolutely right. It no, doesn't absolutely matter. Right. No, you're not, just getting, you're not just getting a free ride. There's so many factors, but I think if we can understand it from the police officer's perspective, I think that's when they walk up to a car and they're looking for what. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, I, and that's where our friend Chad is going to be really helpful to have that conversation because I think he'll be able to, to have that, to put us all behind the curtain on that and go, okay, I'm a police officer, I'm an officer of the law, I've just pulled this person over and I'm walking up to the car and I'm looking for or hoping to not see what. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll get there and, and uh, I think that should be pretty interesting. When we have him I'm, on. I'm very intrigued by it as well, yeah. Question from Dad and Hammer on Instagram. At what point do you know it's time to give up on the project car, take the loss, and buy something that runs that you'll at least be able to drive and enjoy? I love this. He bought an E30 convertible manual 325IS with a major rear main seal leak three years ago, and it's been in pieces on the garage floor ever since. <laughs> time is the enemy. Hey, we've all got stuff going on in our lives, and, yeah. and we get sidetracked and distracted. and Completely. You know, best intentions, right? We, yeah. we want to get there. It's... Um, it's it's time for a conversation with the whole family. It's it's perception with. <laughs> I bet I know what your wife's already saying. You know. Anyway, I, yeah. I mean, the, the, all those all those things come into play. We'll Big say. time, yeah. But it also depends on the car. True. True. Because if this is you know a Mustang you've had since high school, or it's a sentimental car, and you know the car is going nowhere because dad owned it or sure, mom owned sure, it sure. or there whatever, factors, and it's going sure. nowhere. Yeah. yeah. You know. That's a bit of a different story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, we all want the project car that it's actually... <laughs> Sometimes I think there's people who are more into the project than, and then when it's finally done and running, they don't have to do it themselves. Yeah, they, they, uh, well, they have all this extra time. But that Go drive. Totally. Go drive. But that creates the flip side. If your life is not structured in such a way that you have time left over, which is a crazy sentence, to work on this car, it's never going to get worked on. Get something that runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. big time. Uh, Andrew Horner is the only person I'm going to acknowledge of the many of you that have asked sports car follow-up questions. And again, this is an ongoing discussion, and I'm not claiming as much as, you know, I try to draw a line in the sand. I know that there's a million ways to, to blur this. He's trying to call me out, as many of you have. This is going to go on. I know. He says, all right, hang on, hang on, hang on. I said 3,000 pounds or less. What about the Ford oh, GT? Oh, you're going here. What about the Ford GT that weighs more than 3,000 pounds? Andrew? You've stepped outside the definition to the world of halo cars and supercars. That is a different category of car, my friend. And, I th and, and the thing is, sports cars, also part of the definition is, I think they need to be relatively affordable to classify as a sports car. You have, P you have uh, car makers building halo cars, which is what the Ford GT is, or car makers making just supercars where we're not worried about selling it to the peons and the general public. We're just mm -hmm, making cars mm -hmm. where we don't have to hold back. That's a different category, and you'd end up with gray areas between the sports car world and the supercar world because of price. But the Ford GT is just a look-at-us car. It's not a sports car. It's a look-at-us car. Yeah. And so yeah. power and price and weight 
no longer really are factors because we're in a different category altogether. Snoxracer183 on Instagram asked, if rear-wheel drive cars didn't exist, would we still be car enthusiasts? That's good. That's a good question. Absolutely. Yeah, I've driven enough absolutely. fun stuff that wasn't Heck rear-wheel yeah. drive, but absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I Again, coming from design, mm-hmm. there's so many sketches that you look at and you think, what a cool-looking car. I think rarely do people look at a sketch and think, what are the drive wheels? What? <laughs> what, what are, okay, fair. Is it front, rear, all wheel? What are the drive wheels? I, what suits the character of that car? I like that car, I want to drive it. I almost don't care where the drive wheels are because I like that car and I want to drive it. I, that's how I... I like that. I, I see don't it. think designers are necessarily sketching cars from the get-go with the drivetrain in mind. Mm, interesting. Maybe, maybe it depends on the project, but if you're just blue sky sketching your design, you know, yeah, I see where you're going. Cool stuff, I see where you're going. I don't know that I've actually taken it that far until that sketch needs to fit on a particular platform, whether yeah. it's new or a, an existing platform. Like, well, we're going to put that style, and that's the next front yeah. wheel drive thing, or that's the next rear wheel drive. Okay, now let me refine and tweak the proportions and. You know, because GT cars say rear-wheel drive, and yeah. hot hatch say front-wheel drive, and all that kind of stuff. I get that. I'm just having fun with shape. I Absolutely. See that. I'd be a car enthusiast. I don't I love care. It. That's good. That's very good. Well, guys, since we're traveling, we've got to cut things off there. We're uh, lots more to do, so thank you for joining on the podcast. We are back in the studio, and then, of course, Podcast 400 is coming your way, so if you're in Utah, would love to see you there at Brewbies. If not, and you're, you're wanting to come out, and you're, maybe you're passing through town, that has happened, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it has, for sure. If you're on a business trip, something like that, please come join us. We'd love to see you there. More information coming. Please go to the website, everydaydriver.com. You can and see everything you need right there. And one final last yeah. plug for pilgrimage trip. Mm-hmm. We are going. Yep. We'd love to have you go. Late September, early October 2019, we're going to Germany and Belgium to drive the tracks, everyone. You're you cordially invited. Yeah. Scrape up the money. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. <laughs> Cash in all your Christmas checks and everything if they're not already spent. That's funny. Okay, yeah. Ask for your Christmas gift in advance from everybody. <laughs> Here's your... You know Mommy, what I'm Daddy, saying. I want to go to Germany. Seriously. I know I'm way too old to ask that way, but I'm going to ask anyway. <laughs> Guys, thanks a million. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.